What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the GNN Sports Podcast. This is Kyrie Demos, and I'm so happy to be back joining you guys for another episode. But before we get into today's discussion, I just want to talk a little bit about what's been going on in our social climate. You know, it's been crazy to see how the world's reacted to the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. You know, to see the, the sports world take the epicenter of the discussion as well has been even crazier. And, you know, I applaud all the players in the NBA who really sparked this, but, you know, also leading to the MLB, NHL, even NFL, we saw tennis, golf, you know, other sports were getting involved in the, in the protests and boycotts as well. So you really love to see that people are using their platform for a bigger purpose. You know, I've always said that, uh, you know, especially with all that's been going on this year, that, you know, in times like these, we really just need to come together. And I just hope that, you know, I know there's a lot of discussions. I know there's a lot of varying opinions. And I know there's a lot of things that are dividing people more than bringing them together. But at the end of the day, we're all in this together and we're all as one. You know, if we if we come together as one, as people, obviously talk our differences out and really try to understand and hear what people are saying and the experiences that they've been through and letting them share, you know, so we can at least bring them together and and not only hear what they have to say, but put ourselves in their shoes to really understand their perspective. So I just hope that this time, I know it's it's hard, it's been sad, it's been infuriating, so many different adjectives really to just describe it, but I just hope that we as a people can come together and just move forward together. You know, we can't do this alone. Um, it's strength in numbers as always. So for today's discussion, I was able to speak with Barker field hockey coach, Jeff Costello. Coach Costello has been able to put together one of the best, not just field hockey programs in West New York, but teams in general, as you know, the Lady Raiders have won 15 sectional titles um, since 2001. What an unbelievable feat. So check out today's discussion and I hope you enjoy. Hello, sir. Hey, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, glad to get back in touch with you and everything. Yeah, sure. Sure. So, um, yeah. Well, I first wanted to ask you. Um, well, how how exactly did you get involved with field hockey initially? So, um, I walked into the athletic director's office back in '96. Mm -hmm. the, the spring of 96 because um, I had been doing a I had, I had done JV baseball for a year and I said to Bill Stedman the athletic director at the time um, do you have anything else available for next year thinking you know maybe like modified basketball because I was never a football player so mm -hmm. I was thinking more you know something in the basketball realm and uh, he goes well we only got one one thing really that we're looking for somebody he goes, but I don't. He goes, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to interest you. <laughs> and I said, well, what? What is it? And he said, um, JV field hockey. And I was like, oh my god, because you know I kind of was always a baseball and a hockey fan, so mm -hmm. you know, okay. But field hockey definitely not ice hockey. And 
didn't know the first thing about the game. Like most people will say when they go to a field hockey game, the whistle's always blowing and it doesn't make any sense. And the clock runs all the time and I don't understand what's going on. Well, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but I said, uh, okay, he goes, well, go down, go down and talk to Judy Otto, see what she has to say. Cause she was the, the first and the, the original and only, at that time and um, so I ended up going down and talked to her and she gave me a gave me an education on the game a little bit and gave me all sorts of videos and because we're talking videos now we're not talking DVDs or Blu-rays or anything we actually had VHS tapes and um, books and everything and binders of drills and things like that and uh so she gave that stuff to me and we talked quite a bit off and on over the next several months. And cause this was, you know, like I say, this is probably like April or May of, of 96. So we had about four months to get ramped up to figure out how I was going to do this. And, uh, so I, so I accepted that position and, uh, quickly fell in love with the game and found it was a great sport. And I went to lots of college games when I could and started picking up on, you know, going to, uh, you know, other practices or whatever and finding out drills and going to different coaches, coaches, uh, uh, you know, meetings and things like that. And so I got a lot of different things from different people, you know, like all coaches would kind of steal other people's ideas. And, um, so it was pretty neat. And, uh, you know, the, the first year was a learning experience, but I had a couple of, a couple of girls who had been playing since seventh grade. So they were like ninth graders, 10th graders at the time. And, uh, you know, they kind of, they kind of gave me a little bit of help and were patient with me understanding what was going on. And that was the only, uh, that was the only, uh, season that I ever had that was under 500. We just then from the second year on just kind of went on a bit of a tear and, we had a really long stretch where we hadn't hadn't even lost a game in several years and went like 10 years without losing a game on our JV field and took a lot of pride in what we were doing down at the JV level that was feeding, you know, some talent to, to Judy's varsity program. And so then when she retired about eight years ago, um, I think, I think I've been doing varsity now for about eight years or this would be my eighth year, ninth year. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to move up to varsity and, you know, we've, we've had continued that success and that's yeah, fun. It's a fun sport. I mean, when my kids, cause when my kids were born, I was coaching three sports. And um, so I was doing field hockey, baseball and girls basketball. And when my son was born, I let baseball go. When my daughter was born, I let girls basketball go and um, still holding on to field hockey. And someday, hopefully, my daughter will want to play the sport too. And my son's into baseball and he's hockey right now. So if the opportunity comes back around in, in, in the future to coach baseball at the high school level, that'll probably be something I'd be interested in because I'm doing his travel team next year. And I did his house league team for the last three or four years since T-ball. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's kind of, it's, uh, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine, especially like you said, the type of success that you guys have had. Um, just being able to to build up the program. I mean, you guys have really, truly been, you know, one of the top, not just field hockey programs, but just programs in general. Um, sure. You know, 
throughout this area. Um, I'm gonna looking up the the stat to get it straight. It's so it's your guys' fifth. You guys this, this past last season. I'm sorry, um, 2019 won your 15th sectional um, since 2001, which is I mean just to even say that is crazy. I mean that that's only five what six, four or five years then where you guys didn't win sectional. So, I mean, that <laughs> to even think that that, that was um, the case, to hear a stat like that is, is unbelievable. Um, yeah. You know, what what type of – what do you what do you think is, is most important to be able to have that type of su- sustained success? Um, obviously, you're around um, – you've been around the program for, you know, a handful of years at this point. But, you know, there's still great players that are coming through and churning out. Yeah, I mean, there, there. Somebody asked me. Well, several people asked me years ago, and I always wondered as well as a basketball coach because we never, we never had that kind of success at basketball with the with the girls as what we did with field hockey. And somebody said, you know, how come how come you guys are so successful with such at such a small school with field hockey year in and year out? And I said, well, there's there's like three things that I kind of have attributed that to that right off the get go. One. Um, Judy Otto had been at the helm forever. And Mm -hmm. then, and then when I became part of the JV program or the JV team, um, there was stability. Like it was the same two coaches for, from like, from 96 all the way up through 2013. So the fall of 2013, the fall of 2012. So, so Judy and I had coached together for what was that 16, 17 years. Um, that's huge because there's consistency through the program. She knows what she, I know what she needs me to do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, there was good give and take there. And, um, you know, even, even with her assistants, I mean, she had, she had assistant coaches, even though there was different assistant coaches for various reasons of another, a lot of times it had to do with, you know, she had very good coaches in place and they got jobs, you know, as teachers elsewhere and therefore were no longer available to her. And she'd get another former player to come in there that wanted to be a coach. And, you know, they would, they would assist. And because again, as being part of the program, they kind of knew what to expect. They knew drills, they knew the game and, they didn't know it as a coach maybe they knew it as a player and you know that's that's a good start and uh just kind of like me you know they judy helped help those players former players coaches become um more knowledgeable from a from a different perspective um so there was that um we did not have girls soccer up until around I want to say 2000, 2001. Um, so we oh, never wow. had to compete. We never had to compete with um, the only thing that we were competing with was uh, football cheerleading at the time, girls mm-hmm. cross country, and mm-hmm. the random female that wanted to play golf because in the NL league they would have to play golf in the uh, in the field. So um, mm-hmm. there wasn't as much competition for for players. And when you had a winning tradition you tend to get better athletes interested in coming out for that. And 
when you have better athletes coming out for that success breeds success and older sisters, babysitters, friends down the street, whatever. Like I always said that my best recruiters were the players who played the game. It wasn't me. It was, it was the, the older girls who the younger ones wanted to be like that, you know, I, I had one player, Jessica Hillman, who graduated in 2011. She used to say, she goes, when I was in third third grade, I used to look out the, the windows of the elementary school and I would see the JV team out there running around playing field hockey. And she goes, I knew right then and there that that's what I wanted to do someday. And she was an only child. There was, there was not that connection, you know, through necessarily people that were close to her. Her mom played when she was in high school, but, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, she got to see the game outside her elementary school window because of the proximity of her classroom to our field. Um, and she went on to be one of, you know, one of our more memorable players too. You know, she was a great captain for me and for Judy and um, went on to play at Mercyhurst uh, in college too. So, um, so there, so there's that. And um, um, <laughs> the third one, I'm so sorry. I forgot. <laughs> no, you. Uh, um, so it'll come back to me, but I, I, I think the, the other thing too is um, that, you know, you, you, you have players who, when they come in to play field hockey, they, they are committed to, um, you know, that our, our kind of our, our, uh, our catchphrase or our, our uh, theme um, for our team is um, tr- uh, a, a tradition of success. Um, so you, when you have that tradition of success, it's like, you know, Judy used to always kind of say to the girls, you know, you don't want to be the one that drops the ball. Um, you got to come in, you got to work hard. You know, there's, there's all these people that, that have come before you that have put a lot of time and effort to get us to where we have been. And, you know, that's, that, that expectation, um, is, you know, like, uh, I, I, I always say we never, we never rebuild, we just retool. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it, you don't want to let them ever think that because this kid graduated or this group of seniors is no longer there, that that next group can't elevate their level of play and step to the plate and, 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 and do what other people have been able to do. And, you know, that expectation from the coaches um, is, is very important too, because I don't think that you let them just skate by you, you, you push them and you force them to play at the level that they're capable of, because, you know, I mean, when you're dealing with kids, sometimes they don't always um, know what they're capable of until you got somebody believing in them that tells them that, you know, you can do more, you, you can be um, at this level and you don't have to feel like, you know, just because you lost player A and player B that, it's okay to think that you're not capable of winning a league championship or a, um, you know, a section championship or getting to States. And um, I mean, the ultimate goal is to win a state championship, right? So you, and the nice thing about that is you don't even necessarily have to win your league in order to do that because although, I mean, and that's happened for us different years, like, you know, somebody else won the league, but we won the section. So, Mm -hmm. um, so it, that's that's possible. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. No, I feel like you know. I'm glad you mentioned um, yeah, the, having the the coaching staff and the consistency in that coaching staff. I do think that's very important, and um, you know, being able to, especially the level of success that you guys have had. You know, you guys 
head coaches that were together for so long. But I also I'm glad that you mentioned um, with the former players because I feel like that's something with you know at any level with any sport um, the most successful programs have those successful athletes coming back to you know really carry on the torch and be able to give back that knowledge that you know that they garnered um, while they're in their tenures at the respective schools. So I, I'm glad you you added that point there. Sure, and and you know, and another thing too, Kyrie, is that we we do um, in, in normally in the fall. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know that we're doing that doing this this year, just because of mm-hmm. the whole thing with COVID. But um, so many things have have changed, obviously, because of that. But um, we usually do a youth clinic in the fall. So for mm-hmm. for like four or five Saturdays during September and October we usually run this youth, a youth clinic for our younger kids and it's the JV and the varsity players that run that. I mean, the coaching staff will basically come up with the drills and they'll plan the practice, but you know, and, and we'll help to supervise that and help to help to, um, you know, encourage the, the, the JV and the varsity players to actually, you know, be vocal and get the kids organized and, stuff like that. But there again, I I think that's another huge thing because that is those players that are currently playing the game who are right there side by side with those younger kids. And I think it means more. I mean, I mean, you know, again, like they, they are the ones that they're going to come out and watch. They're not watching the coach on the sideline. If they're going to come and watch a field hockey game, they're not going to remember, oh, the coach did this or the coach did that, or they would never even know some of the things strategically that a coach would do, but they're going to remember that, you know, number four or number 12 or whoever from down the street or their older sister is the one that scored the goal at the homecoming game under the lights, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's what's going to, you know, that's, that's kind of the hook that's going to try to bring those younger players in too. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a marketing angle to it too, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it's true. And I'm glad you, you brought, again, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like I, I've seen, um, especially with a sport like football specifically, mm-hmm. I've seen at, um, you know, having those youth levels, I've seen it having them and not having them or, the continuity or um, non-continuity um, between those youth levels and the varsity programs, modified programs. I've seen that build some of those programs. I've seen it destroy some programs too. So I, sure. I think that's so important, you know, to be able to get in those kids, you know, forefront to let them know like, Hey, this is something that you can be doing um, when you're at the, when you're this age. Sure. And I just remembered what the third thing was. <laughs> Okay. So it has to do, it basically has to do with development and younger kids again. So the third thing that I used to tell people is field hockey is not a sport that you just generally would pick up. Right. So, you know, you have, you have youth soccer programs, you have youth baseball and youth, youth uh, softball programs. Those are the, you know, even some, some basketball related stuff if you're involved in like a wide league, but, but field hockey is not, is not your typical sport that, your local community is going to offer and because that's not the case when are these kids being taught how to play the game when are they being taught how to hold a stick when are they being taught different skills well it's Mm -hmm. usually for the most part it's when they come to one of our clinics so unlike baseball who 
or softball um, or basketball where maybe a kid goes out in the driveway and they're shooting the ball from the hip um, or they're dribbling with two hands or, or they're, they're, they're swinging a baseball bat or a softball bat incorrectly and, and they're developing bad habits. They're not developing any bad habits until they come to us because they've probably never even picked up a stick before. And so so they're kind of they're kind of learning from us right from ground zero. So we don't have to break them of maybe some bad habits that they picked up along the way. The bad habits, unfortunately, are going to be picked up when they're with us, and then we just have to correct them. But um, so that that was another thing. You know, it's, it's the coaching, it's the tradition of success, it's the it's the um, um, they're 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 not really playing the sport until they learn it from us. And then the other side of that too was the um, uh, when I mentioned before, cause really it's kind of like four different things there, but the coaching, the tradition, uh, the, I forget now. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. Coaching tradition. Um, you know, the fact that they're learning the game really from you guys as coaches and then, um, yep. Having those. Oh, and that we didn't, and that we didn't have, we didn't have as much competition as maybe what some bigger schools would have because at the time that that I first started coaching, we didn't have soccer, and when Judy started coaching, we didn't have soccer, um, mm-hmm. and you know from from kind of off the jump, field hockey has always been pretty competitive, and so a lot of the better athletes have come out for our sport. So that kind mm-hmm. of ties, you know, it ties to the having a tradition there and people wanting to be a part of it. So no doubt about it. Um, I just wanted to switch gears a little bit. You, you brought yep. up COVID, obviously something that we all have had to deal with this year. Um, you know, for you as a coach, what has it been like, you know, especially, um, you know, with the summertime specifically, haven't been able to really um, have a general summer, you know, working out with no. the kids work out and, you know, camps and clinics, like you were saying. So um, just how, how has everything been for you as a coach um, dealing with COVID? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, you know, completely disconnected from the players because you're not, you're not holding any, uh, normally we, we would have a summer league, um, you know, even, even when the shutdown first happened, we were in the middle of playing a winter league up at, uh, at the Epic Center. Um, mm-hmm. So we only got about half to three quarters of the way through that, and then that was canceled. So you know, for most of these kids, for most of these kids who who do pick up a stick at some point during the off season, unless yeah. they're doing something completely on their own, they haven't they they have not played anything organized since uh, late February, early March. Um, mm-hmm. Now you do have you do have some kids that are involved in playing club, uh, mm-hmm. and that that is, you know, they're, they're doing that again, but that's not everybody. And there's only in our program right now, there's only maybe three kids that are involved in doing that right now um, that are, that are still, you know, going to be in, in high school. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's frustrating, not doing any kind of workouts or any kind of summer league um, to get them playing, no tournaments available to play in. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that uh, we haven't been able to do that. But uh, you know, hopefully, if if this uh, go ahead go ahead that's coming here the 21st of September actually materializes, then you know we can 
whip them into shape and and get them ready to go so that uh you know they can they can be uh uh prepared physically and mentally and uh try to have some some success with uh league play and uh sectionals because obviously we're not having regionals and states this year either so right yeah and um you know just talking about that you know be able to see that uh Governor Cuomo approved low risk and well all, all three um, levels low risk moderate risk and uh, high risk sports so at least begin practicing the high risk sports they can't compete yet but um, as of this week you know like you said you know uh, you you guys um, let me see swimming I believe girls tennis uh, soccer as well we'll all be able to begin practice the twenty first and then. You know, hopefully get things going with the with the season from there. You know, what has the last week looked like for you in terms of just planning and just being able to to stay informed on um, you know a p- potential September twenty first start? Um, I think too. I think we're still kind of in a bit of a holding pattern because, mm-hmm. um, you know there there is there is a tentative. Uh, league schedule in place, but we're all we're all we're still kind of waiting it out to see, um, you know, what additional information comes down because I know that the section um, the section administrators are meeting. I believe it's even today. I think it's this afternoon. Um, the different mm-hmm. section uh, administrators are supposed to meet. So. You know, I mean, Cuomo could say one thing and the sections could say something else. The superintendents could say something else. Um, your individual leagues could say something else, I suppose. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I, because I, I already know that in uh, on Long Island, and I, and I always get them confused, um, Nassau yeah. County, I believe, is not going to be playing, but Suffolk is or it's vice versa. So sections yeah. 8 and 11, one of, them, one of them's playing and the other one's not. Yeah, um, Nassau. So, you got it okay and um so you know who's to say that uh they don't come out and i know that there supposedly was a letter from superintendents or something too that that was giving the impression that um superintendents and and i don't know if this was i think this was a statewide kind of thing maybe i'll be honest with you i i don't I don't know for sure if that I, – I, let's put it this way. I know that it wasn't necessarily a letter that just came from area superintendents around here that said this. I think it was the state organization or something, and not, not even to say that everybody even was on board with that, but that they came out and said, you know, rethink this because the education part of this is the most important thing. And, <laughs> you know, let's face it, you got kids, you got kids that maybe are only going to – be remote learners, but then you're saying that they could come and they can participate in sports and extracurricular activities. That just seems kind of weird too. So yeah. I, I, I think that there's a lot of clarification that has to be done over the next, uh, you know, week or two so that they can kind of see how this is all going to fall in line. Um, but, you know, if, if, uh, if we're good to go on the 21st of September, we'll be ready to do what we need to do to, like I say, get them get them prepared mentally, physically, and uh, you know try to try to have a season. And if for some reason this all goes for naught and we're playing in the spring, I at least, at the very least, I hope that there is some option to do that rather than just canceling the season for these kids who. 
for any sport, right? I mean, any, any sport that a kid is going to play, if they, at least if there is a silver lining that you can't play it now, that you can play it later, even if it has to be abbreviated, I look at right. it as I'm, I'm trying to be positive. And right. <laughs> my wife always tells me that I'm more negative than I am positive. So I'm at least trying to look at that as being a positive that, you know, there's some opportunity for these kids to play the sports that they want to play, whether it's, mm-hmm you know, delayed in the fall or it's delayed in the spring. Let's just hope to God that it's not completely canceled for the entire school year. And kids that have not been able to play spring sports and finish their winter sports have to deal with that for a whole nother season again. And now fall sport kids would have to deal with it for the first time, but it just seems, it just seems so awful, you know? Yes. He does, and like I mean, even even in the you know the the Plan B um, three phase um, where where you know the fall would well the winter season would start in January, the fall season would start in March, and then the spring would start in April. Even with that, like it's got, it could po- cause problems, you know, with kids having to pick and choose what sport they want to play, or oh, you know, I I'm, I'm planning to play this in college, like. You know, I can't really play my second and third sport this year. You know what I mean? So I think you're going to get a lot of situations like that if it gets to that point. So like you said, I'm just trying to stay positive about, uh, you know, hopefully a September 21st start. Yeah, and, and even like what you mentioned too, the other the other part of that is take, take our situation, for example, a, a small school. You know, mm-hmm. you've got like – right off the top of the top of my head, I can think of, okay, you got, you got golf. Niagara Orleans league runs golf in the fall. So Mm -hmm. you cannot play, you cannot play golf March, April. You would have to play golf May, June. Well, that's baseball season. And I know that creates problems for, for Barker in more than one way because the varsity golf coach is the varsity baseball coach. And some of those varsity golfers are baseball players. So you're, you're, you're looking at a situation where, you know, team schools may, even if they can field enough kids for these teams um, that would be conflicting with each other that normally would not be, you may, you may have a problem even trying to find coaches to be able to coach them because, you know, at a place like ours, you know, we don't have a lot of coaches that, um, you know, all of our sports are not coached by coaches on staff or, there are other people from outside of the district and, and, you know, that, that creates other problems too. So, and the busing yeah. thing on all the, the busing thing on all of the athletic stuff too, is they, they're going to have to get that figured out as well. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, some schools do, they maybe have to only play varsity and they can't play JV or they can't play modified because now you have to, I don't know, figure something out with how you're transporting people and, um, socially distancing on the buses with all the equipment and uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff to be thinking about and I, I don't envy the people that have to make those decisions I I just listen and give my input <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah no I'm I I'm just like you said just hoping and praying that um you know that we're not even getting to that point you know that you know, sure. the, the fall seasons are, are going accordingly as planned, you know, September 21st start, and then we'll see from there. Um, right, right. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you as well, um, this is a little little uh, change-up question here. Um, okay. 
you know, as a, especially, you know, and I feel like in today's day and age, there there's a lot of there's a lot of, um, I mean, our our climate can be heightened at times, you know, when it comes to certain things. So, you know, especially for you as a as a male coach, you know, coaching an all female team, you know, what I don't want to say challenges, but for you, what type of approach do you take? Because I I know that there are times where you know, people may try may try to, you know, put different things out in out into the world and, and say different things about people, you know, how, you know, they're going about their business or whatever the case is. But, you know, for you, you are you you know, from especially from just our interactions, you've always been a stand up person and someone that has a lot of class and, you know, people have so much respect for you. You know, what like I said, you know, just with coaching and all girls team, you know, how do you take that role on um, in, in terms of how you conduct yourself and handle yourself? Um, I think that, uh, I think that, you know, one advantage that I have is we, we've got a couple of assistant coaches, our JV coach, mm-hmm. our, our, our JV. Well, actually now it's modified because we're, the, the league is moving away from JV and going varsity modified now, but um our JV coach and, and volunteer assistant last year, they were, they're both female. We have a volunteer assistant on varsity who's female. Um, mm-hmm. So the girl, the girls have that uh, as, mm-hmm. as an outlet too, for being able to go to a female if they needed to. Um, you know, I, I kind of have always felt that um, I think I learned in my first year or two that it's, not that you not that you coach them like guys but you don't you don't have to alter i don't think like how you handle things like if you just if you demand that they work hard and you demand that um that they can't be lazy and that they have to be focused and you know they may not necessarily like that but if you um if you give them that uh belief that they can succeed and and you know and they know that you've got their back um in supporting them i i think that that goes a long way um i don't think that uh um i have to necessarily talk to them differently um mm-hmm. i will say i will say that you know you my uh my office at school is like a mm-hmm. fishbowl um there's all kinds of glass windows which is kind of nice. I mean, I, if somebody needs to come to my office, like it's wide open, whether the door's open or not, it's wide, it's wide open. Um, but yeah. you know, you just, you're smart about how you interact and, and, and how you handle yourself. And, um, I think that that, that that's all you really need to do. For sure. Yeah. No. And, and only reason why I ask that is because, you know, I, I feel like, more times than not, you know, most people assume like, oh, well, this is a girl game, but why don't they have a female coach? And, you know, it's sure. clearly evident that, you know, it hasn't mattered, you know, you as a male being able to run, you know, an all-female program and the type of success. And like I said, the type of way, the way you conduct yourself as well, you know what I mean? It just speaks for itself. So it, you know, I just wanted to be able to hear your perspective because I feel like, you know, some, sometimes people from the outside, may have a certain view um, when they really don't understand, you know, how, 
the inner workings are, you know, uh, on the ground on a day to day basis like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that you know, you you uh, you mentioned the thing like how you uh, how you handle yourself or whatever in class and all that. That I gotta I gotta uh, attribute that to Dave Carson, our former athletic director. I mean, he he used to always use the phrase or the term, um, you know, win with class, lose with class. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta be even keeled and you know you can't be a loose cannon you know i mean there there definitely were times that i had moments like that in coaching basketball and, and in field hockey too i've tried to mellow a little bit i think that just comes naturally too as you get older and and you have a family <laughs> yeah. um that the, the tolerance level for certain things sometimes changes and um you know, there's, there's definitely, I, I, I will say, I feel like it is challenging though, that, um, how you, how you deal with athletes now as compared to how you dealt with them in the past is different. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, when, when I, when I was playing in high school, my, my coaches, my basketball coaches, Pat Burke and Ken Hack, um, they, they, you know, they, they had that, uh, mental toughness mentality and we're not going to get outworked. And, um, you know, I, I, it's funny because one year before I took, um, before we had a, a game at the Epic center, the movie miracle had come out and there was a group of kids that were interested in going to see that. And I was big on that, uh, that whole situation in, in the world at the time. And it had yeah. a lot of meaning to me. And, um, so we, the parents and some of the kids, we went and we watched that at the Regal before we went to the Epic Center game. And sitting there, I had one of the players leaned, leaned forward and yelled down the road to me. She says, Coach, you say that. And it, it had to do with, like, we're not going to, we might not be the most talented team, but we're we're not going to, we're not going to get outworked. We're going to, you know, we're going to be able to stick with these other teams and we're going to be able to run. And I said, yeah, but I can't take credit for that. That was something that was instilled in me that you, you work hard. Like you, you, you can't just walk out on the field and say that because you're Barker field hockey and you're two time or whatever defending champions that anybody's going to lay down for you. Cause they're not, if anything, right. they're going to elevate their play because they do want to be the ones to knock you off. And so you've always got a target painted on your back and you just, you know, you, you have to, you have to work hard at it. And so um, I think that, you know, that's, that's a little bit different now maybe than it used to be. Like you used to just be like, when I was told you got to work hard and you got to run harder and you got to do this or do that. We just did it. When I, when I started coaching, that was kind of the way it was too. Now it's, it's, I don't want to say that the kids are lazy because they're not, but how, but, but you can't just tell somebody you got to work harder and they, they just do it. Like you, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to present that in a different way and you have to, and sometimes that's, that is a little bit of a struggle for me because, you know, not to, not to uh, say that I'm past, past my usefulness as a coach, but um, you know, there, we as coaches are always learning and, and you're, your, your athletes are always going to be different and how you handle them, you know, it's just like you, you, you have the hand that's dealt to you and you have yeah. to, you have to work with that. You got to shape that, that group of kids. You got to mold that group of kids into, into being a competitive championship caliber team. And it can be different from year to year. 
how you handle things with different kids. So, yeah, I, I feel like, um, you know, there's, there's just so many different ways that you can, you know, some kids are motivated one way versus next, you know, some kids, some kids are all about getting yelled at. Some kids, you know, you yell at them one time and, you know, they may fold and that might break their confidence down. So, you know, sure. I, I'm sure it's something that you've, you've had to, you know, learn over the years, but especially like you said, in recent years, as, as these athletes have really changed in this generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And just the last thing that I wanted to ask coach too was, you know, especially, like I said, you know, a heightened time now um, with everything going on with the, you know, the, the, the protests um, at the pro levels of, of sports, you know, have you been able to have any conversations with your team or um, with the girls at all? And if not, you know, is that something that you think could come about this season just because of how prevalent it is in the sports world today? I think that I think that if, if we need to address something um, for for any reason, that we will do that. Um, I will say that uh, you know, in in recent years, we have not had situations, and, and obviously, our school district is very rural, and you know, our our student body is predominantly um, made up of the same the same uh the same kids you know obviously it's it's mostly a, a white school district but i feel yeah. like our kids out here i really do i mean i feel like our kids that are out here like they um and maybe part of this has to do with just the simple fact that they're so far away from things um and i don't want to make it sound like you know they, they never get to the big city kind of thing but i genuinely believe that like the kids out here, they, they seem to get along pretty well. Um, Mm -hmm. now, uh, you know, they, they seem to do a lot of things together. They, they, um, you know, we, we don't seem to, um, at least I don't see it. I don't, I don't see so much conflict with, uh, certain things. Now, that being said, there's been a lot of things that have happened since we, went on shutdown. So maybe just because I'm not around the kids as much, that has something to do with me not being aware of certain things. But even, you know, our school district usually lets us know when there's issues going on. And there was even, you know, messages that were going around related to things that, you know, you wanted to keep keep in mind or be aware of when the kids were not in school. So, but there was never anything like, you know, that, uh, that there was conflicts between this group of kids or, um, anything you know about uh, about any of the the things that are going on in the in on the national level right now? Um, but if if something was to come up, we would have a discussion. We would talk about that, and that would be something that the team, you know, we would handle within the team or bring the administration in if if, if it was needed. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it. it you know, if it's if it's if it's something that you know you guys see and you know want to address, I think that's the best way to to approach it. You know, so. Alrighty, yeah, I mean, I, I I mean, I I do I, I I will say just another note. Like I I I do yeah. feel that uh, um, you know our kids need to be they need to be sensitive to 
to other people. They need to be sensitive to the situations that are going on with other people. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as, as I do also, because I may not necessarily know what somebody's connection is with, with certain things either. So, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, again, I, I, I just believe that everybody needs to be treated equally. I think if you treat people how you want to be treated, um, you know, that's, that's kind of always been my, my belief. And, you know, it's the golden rule. It's the golden rule. So sure. I hope that more people are pulled to it. And, you know, as, as difficult as it is to see some of the things going on, you know, it's important that, like you said, that, you know, we all do treat each other equally. Um, and that, you know, even if it's just a, a text, uh, you know, a, a helping hand, grabbing lunch with someone, whatever the case is, just to show that, hey, you know, we're all in this together. You know, I feel like that that's better than, than saying nothing at all. So, sure. All righty, Coach, I, I appreciate your time. I know it's been a lengthy, lengthy converse, conversation here, but. Um, no know, problem. Been a- and you know it's always um nice to be able to check in with you especially you know one of the top coaches in our area um i appreciate all you do for for the kids in the community and you know just hopefully we'll be seeing you by by september hopefully um games in in october as well okay all right well thanks Kyrie. look forward to talking with you again absolutely sir you enjoy your weekend okay you too take care all right take care That's all, folks. Thanks again for joining us for another edition of the GNN Sports Podcast. Stay tuned as we'll be having some more guests join us for next week's show. But also stay tuned out for the decision of what the New York State Public High School Athletic Association will be announcing for the fall sports season. Now, it was announced this week that all three levels, low risk, moderate risk, and high risk sports will be able to participate um, in practices, on September 21st, but we're still unsure of what will come about of the high-risk sports. That includes football, volleyball, cheerleading, things of that nature. So next week, we should be expecting some big news, and we'll see what the fall season could bring for us. Until then, stay blessed, enjoy the weekend, and have a good one. Take care.